Okay, we are continuing our series uh, side by side. Um, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the work of the Spirit in our lives. And uh, I want to just kind of unpack that a little bit today. We're in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. I'm uh, going to read from verse 1. You know, last week, Jay spoke about the uh, work of the Spirit in our lives, what the Holy Spirit does uh, in the process of uh, us following God. A very uh, helpful message just on that. Uh, Matt spoke on the fruit of the Spirit, how the, how the Holy Spirit develops the fruit of the Spirit in us, and uh, how we can learn to become like Jesus because the Holy Spirit lives in us. Really important message for, for our lives. How I many of you still got some work to do in the fruit of the Spirit? Just me, huh? Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, uh, but, but, you know, it's just such an important thing for us to take hold of. And uh, today I want to talk about the gifts. So we're reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, <laughs> everybody, pagans, okay. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray by idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Wow. I love it when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit. You know, it's uh, important that we understand that God has gifted to us, each of us, gifts that come from him that we can use for his kingdom and his glory. That in how we live for him, we can develop uh, these gifts to to touch the lives of others and to grow and to develop in our own lives as followers of Christ. And so I just want to talk a little bit about them today. Um, Paul says he doesn't want people to be uninformed about them. The old translation just say, I don't want you to be ignorant about them. You know, and sometimes Christians are very vague about the gifts of the Spirit and very vague about the person of the Spirit. You know, it's like that, um, you know, uh, for weddings and a funeral quote when it goes, it's Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Do you know what I mean? It, it, and everybody goes, ooh, you know, and we call about the Holy Ghost. You know, it's, it, we're all a bit vague about what, what we mean. And yet Jesus, as we've heard over the last few weeks, has told us that actually we need to understand that actually the Spirit lives in us and is empowering us to live for God. And therefore, it's important that we get what the Holy Spirit is all about. It's important we understand what these gifts are for and how we can use them in our lives. I find that sometimes we overcomplicate or over mysteri- over, over What's the word? over mysterious. Oh, that's not the right word, is it? We make it mysterious. Just have to find a different way to say it, don't you? We get a bit mystical, there's the word. And, and we get, you know, it's like, and we don't, use, we don't think we can use gifts unless there's a little shudder in our bodies and something funny goes on. It's like, ooh, yeah. You know, and it's wrong, isn't it? Because that stops us using it because we sometimes think that's a bit weird and we're not sure we want to be weird. Although some of us can't help it, let's be honest. 
So the issue is not how, how we are. The issue is how do we learn to use these gifts because the Bible said that God's given them to us. And so I want to just kind of uh, unpack it a little bit to us today and just try and give a context and then we're going to get into it. So next slide, please. talks about gifts of different levels. I hope you can read it. I had to do it small. One, spiritual gifts. Here is the first column, spiritual gifts, is where we've just read. 1 Corinthians 12. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Instant gifts, gifts that are, we call the spiritual gifts, gifts that are manifested in our lives by the Holy Spirit uh, in, in a certain situation of our lives. But then Paul in Romans 12, all he talks about other gifts, service gifts, I've called them. Prophesying, again, that, that occurs in both of them. In fact, it occurs in all three. Serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, mercy. See, I always say to people, if you don't know what gift you've got, start with encouraging. You know, because if you can't smile at somebody, how many of you know you're not going to start to hit the heights of prophecy? If your first reaction to people is, then the gifts are not going to flow out of you. Just start with, start with encouragement. That's a good one to have. And, and service gifts are, are almost, they're a little bit more of attributes that are in our lives. They, they reflect a little bit more of our personality, of how God's wired us together. And then thirdly, we have ministry gifts. Ephesians 4 talks about ministry gifts, which we've called them, which are gifts to the church. So these are apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. And then I'm added on somewhere to the bottom of that list because I've no clue. But we're just trying to do our best for Jesus. There's that category as well. See, it's about understanding where God's put you and gifted you and enabled you to go. So here's the gifts of the Spirit that I would, I would talk about. And I don't think Paul's trying to give us a definitive list. You know, sometimes you might find yourself going, well, I don't feel my gifts there. Well, that's okay. Just be who God's called you to be. Don't go, I have to become someone else. Because that's not who God's created you to be. You know, if you're, if you're a dancer, dance. Thank the Lord I'm not a dancer. I mean, this stage would be in trouble, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? You've got to take out what you're good at and say, well, that's who I am and, that, and God's made me that way. And I want to begin, bring my redeemed self to the gifting that God's given me and take hold of it. So I want to talk a little bit about the gifts that God has given you because he wants us to understand that God has invested in us and created us to do something. You see, the Bible says, Ephesians 2 verse 10, that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do to do good works. In other words, God has invested something of his mysterious power and wisdom and creativity and artistic understanding in you. That means you've got to look at your neighbor in a different way because God's created them like that. I mean, we have some signs of wear and tear, obviously, but God's created us. He's put his gift within us. He's created us and called us. And so for us, it's not just the issue of, well, what's my gift? The issue is how do I use what God has given me? And so I want to try and unpack that this morning uh, briefly uh, in our service together. Because I just really think that many of us neglect the gifts that God has given us. It's like, you know how it is that uh, we always think other people are more gifted than us. I mean, that's better than being the person who thinks they're more gifted than everybody. But it's still not the right way of viewing yourself. The Bible says, Romans 12, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment. In other words, understand what you're good at and be good at it. Don't try and be good. See, I always want to try and be good at other people's things. You know, people are so great, aren't they? You know, you look at other people and they can do things you can't do and you wish, oh, I wish I could do that. That was until we were talking about this morning, 300 people stuck at Everest. 
trying to get from the top of Everest. Can you imagine going all the way to the top of Everest and find 300 people in front of you? I'd be a little bit disappointed if I'm honest. Do you know what I mean? You think you were special until you got to the top and realized everybody's there. Do you know what I mean? But you see, you want, you want to use the gift that God's given you, whatever it is. And so I want you to understand that today. God's made you and wired you in a particular way. And what you need to do is discover how you can use, how God's made you for his kingdom. So we're going to try and unpack that this morning a little bit. Firstly, gifts are for service. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says this, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Let me just say that what the first thing that happens there is all gifts are made level right there. It doesn't say each one should use their most important gift. It just says whatever gift. See, see, there are no important and unimportant gifts in the body of Christ. There are no important uh, attributes and unimportant attributes. There, there is nothing in the body of Christ. There's nothing that God has invested that is less important than anybody else. Everybody is needed. That's the great thing about the church. We are all needed to be here. You know, I couldn't, if I was here on my own trying to lead out of my super ability... Guess what? It wouldn't be working. It's because we're together as the body of Christ, working together and sharing together and helping one another and doing what God's called us to do, that we're able to do what God's called us to do. Gifts are a responsibility as well as a blessing into our lives. We have to do something with them. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. In other words, you have to keep using the gift. See, if God's given you something, you have to keep doing it. You have to keep using it. If God's made you musical, you need to play something. If God's made you artistic, you need to draw something. If God's made you encouraging, you need to smile a bit more. You've got to use what God's given you. If you, if, if, you know, I meet people who say, well, I haven't got any gifts. Liar. You've got to be honest with yourself and say, well, actually, this is what I can do. They used to be singing an old hymn, there's a work for Jesus, none but you can do. There's a word for Jesus, ready at your hand. Tis a task the master just for you is planned. Come on. I can sing it if you want. But that's not one of my gifts. See, you've got to understand. You've got to say, yeah, it's to serve others. My gift is to serve people around me. And if we understand that, then actually we recognize that your gift is not about church on Sunday or the ministry that you lead at an appropriate time. The gift is something that's yours 24-7, 365. It's yours. And so use the gift. If you only use your gift within 10 and 10.30 or whatever time the service happens every week, then actually you're diminishing the gift that God's given you. If you only pray for a word when you're in church, actually it's no good. Actually use it when you're at work. Pray for a word there. If you only have a vision, you know, halfway between church at home, it's no use. You want to have it in life because gifts are for serving the people, serving where God has put you. And so recognize that God has, has chosen you to do that. Secondly, we've got to say uh, gifts are, chosen by, are given by God, not chosen by us. Oh, hello. See, that's something, isn't it? Sometimes we always wish we could have, I wish sometimes I could have the great gift of wisdom. But you see, if you haven't got wisdom, it's hard, it's hard to function. So the Bible says, actually ask for wisdom and God will give you it. Sometimes you need the gift of wisdom. See, you, you can't just say, hey, hey, I want everybody to know I've got the gift. It's not a shopping list. It's not like I'm walking through the uh, supermarket of heaven. Oh, I think I'll have a little bit of tongues today. And I just fancy a little bit of miracles. Woo! 
It's not about power. It's not about, hey, I just want to pick up this gift and then demonstrate it. That's not what the, the, this, this is all about. Actually, they're given as God distributes them. And how many of you know that God distributes them according to how people handle them? And so God will give you the gift because actually he wants you to be uh, uh, faithful with it. The Bible says he who's been given faithful with little will be given charge of much. You see, you can't decide what gift you get, but you can decide whether you're a candidate for increase. If, the God, gives, if God gives you the gift of tongues and you never use it, why, why is he going to give you another one? Hello? When was the last time you spoke in tongues? Some of you can speak in tongues. When was the last time you used it? A week, a month, a year, a lifetime. See, we believe in the gift, but we don't use the gift. How, how do we expect to flow in the gift if we don't use it? See, sometimes we've got to say, well, actually, I, I need... And, and so we can't choose which gift we have. Because if we could choose it, we would all have the gift of healing. And we'd all have the gift of faith. You know, we'd all be going around doing miracles. But it seems to me not many of us have that gift. Why? Because... Some of us have got to learn to use the gift that God's given us so that it can increase the gift he wants to give us. Oh, anybody saying amen this morning? It's a bit tricky, isn't it? See, because here's the truth. We tend to be passive with stuff, don't we? we? We tend to be passive. God, just give me this and then I'll use it. Well, actually, God wants us to use what we have so can he increase what he has given to us. Use what God has manifested in your life and then he'll be able to use you to minister to others, which is his agenda. Now, number three, gifts combine to enable us to serve. This is really, this was revelationary to me when I, when I understood this as a young Christian. When we go back to that list of three gifts, what happens is you're given, a, you, you've got a particular call in your life. So some of us are, are called leaders. You know, we've got a leadership gift. It's who we are. So we lead wherever we lead. We don't lead churches. We lead businesses. We lead schools. We lead teams. We lead all kinds of things. It's a gift that God's put in us. So the issue is, how do I use gifting in the calling of my life? See, that's the important thing. The gift that you use will depend on the calling that you have. So if you're called a leader, then very often the gift that you need is discernment. Because you need to understand what's going on around you in the role that you have. If your gift is teaching, then very often what you need is wisdom. So those gifts combine because you want to teach something that helps people and instructs people for life. The gifts come together. So your gift that you have, because I used to wonder, you know, how do you, um, how, how do you not break into a spiritual gift? See, if your calling is to pray for people, mercy, and care for them, then very often you're going to need the gift of healing to do that. And very often you're going to need the gift of faith to do that. If you're just waiting for the gift of faith to come upon you so you can go and do exploits, the chances are you'll be waiting for a while. Do you understand? And what happens is we're always looking for the gift of faith, but actually we've got to understand, actually as I do what God's called me to do, which is care for people and pray for them, then actually I need the gift of faith. And out of that calling, the gift of faith is released in my life. Hello? Anybody beginning to understand? So God, see, see, the important thing for you here is that you need to understand that you don't just get the gift of faith in isolation. You get the gift of faith to help you in the calling that you have. So if in the calling that you have, you're being a witness for God in a place that's incredibly dark and no one has patience or faith for the gospel, actually it's there that you need a revelation. We just heard it this morning. There you need a revelation and God gives you that gift of faith. Remember Ephesians tells us that it's, it's a gift not by works so that no one can boast. 
And all of a sudden, you're able to say, well, actually, I still believe in God. I still believe in God, even in the midst of this. Hillsongs have just released a great song called There Was Another in the Fire. It's talking just about this. That actually, even in the fire, with those three guys standing in the fire, another one came because faith came to them to step into the purposes of God. And so we need to understand spiritual gifts are not just kind of like mystical things that happen that someone's moved, but actually they come out of a commitment to follow the calling of God on your life. So if the calling of God in your life is to serve others, then you need to do that with joy. And sometimes you're going to need wisdom and knowledge to do it. See, see where you find yourself, God will supply the, the gift. See, these gifts are not to be owned forever. They're to be used in the context we find ourselves in. I remember I was, uh, I was on security. I've told this story before. I was on security at an Elam conference once, and uh, we were in Butlin's glamorous location for our conferences that we have. And um, it was like 12 o'clock, half past 12 at night, and I was walking down, and this guy came to me. He was a red coat, but he was off duty because it was a church event. And so he had been to the pub. He was a bit tanked, and he was kind of like, oh, you Christians are all a bunch of idiots, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we were talking, and um, as clear as the day, the Lord said to me, ask him what he's run away from. And I'm like... Uh, I said, uh, in fact, I think the Lord said to me, he's run away from his wife and child. So I said to him, why have you left your home and come here? Well, that sobered him up straight away. He said, what do you mean? I said, uh, I think God has just told me that you've abandoned your family to be here. He said, how do you know that? I said, well, I didn't know that until I talked to you, but then God told me. And he was like, oh my God. I said, yeah, it is your God. Inside I was going, I was playing at cool outside, inside I was going, oh, it's a word of knowledge. I haven't had one of them before. <laughs> but what is that? Is because I was in a position, I was in a place where actually I could use the gift. It could combine with what I was doing for God, which was security, to give me an opportunity to speak into somebody's life. See, that's how gifts work. But it's, it's about being open to that. It's about being read, ready for that. It's about just carrying that. And so Paul says to us, understand that there are different, he says in verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in men. He says, listen, it doesn't matter what the context is. It's understanding that the context will enable you to move in the gifts. See, some people, what they do is they have the spiritual arena and they have the secular arena. And so in church, we might be open to what the Lord might want to say, but that limits what God wants to do because the context of your life is life, not church and everything else. And so God wants you to start to think, well, actually, this gift that I have for uh, serving people, this gift that I have for caring for people, this gift that I have for teaching, this gift that I have for encouraging, this gift that I have for giving... Actually, some of you, if you're going to have the gift of giving, you need faith to have the gift of giving. Because you're going to go, hey, you know, God's told me to give this. Anybody ever felt God tell them to give something and you're thinking, I don't want to give that. You've got to have faith for that. It's got to be a thing that steps up and says, hey, Lord, I believe you told me. I'm going to take hold of it. I'm going to do with it. If you're encouraging somebody, then you need wisdom and knowledge that you can come alongside. And so I want you to see today that God has something for you that is a bit more, uh, it has to be worked out in your life. Sometimes you're going to have to say, well, I, I'm, I'm going to serve others and I'm going to serve them. And in the middle of that, then God can use me to speak a word in season into their life. But if, if my context is waiting to be served, you see, see, this is the thing about spiritual gifts. 
to use spiritual gifts, you have to be willing to serve. See, Joe had to make a decision this morning when he had that picture. He had to decide, okay, I could just keep that to myself. I'm not sure whether, you know, it's just for me or for the Lord. So he came and said to me, and I said, okay, let's share it. Why? Because he had to decide he wanted to serve the church with it. And when you decide you want to serve the church with it, then you have to act in it and bring it. Now, it might be that you're serving other people, not just the church. It might be that you're, you're somewhere else in a different context. You can use the gifts that God's given you anywhere with your neighbor. Some of you are thinking, not my neighbor. With your neighbor. Because the gifts are within you. And sometimes what we do is we just, we just forget what God's really called us and gifted us to do. And so we, we don't seek to use the gifts in the middle of that. So God gives you the gift so you have a ministry context for him. And then he gives you the gift to strengthen the role that you do. Now, it's really important because so many people don't feel the gifts are spiritual. Remember the story of, uh, of Lydia at Philippi. And it says, as soon as she became a disciple, she took Paul and the team home and started to cook for them. She had the gift of hospitality. It was just something that was in her. No one needed to tell her that. She didn't have to describe it, didn't have to define it, didn't have to have hands laid on her. She just did it. But I tell you, everybody was grateful that Paul wasn't cooking tea that night because she was doing her gift. See, that's what, see, that's the important thing about it. She did her gift and in that then came the opportunity to serve the Lord and serve other people. And so if your gift is encouraging, never diminish that. Because tell you, most people will take an encouraging word over a sermon any day. They will. Most people will take a smile. Because the first contact you have with someone is a smile. It makes them respond to you. You know, sometimes we're trying to give people a deep biblical verse. Whereas if we just smiled, we'd do a lot better. I was praying for you and the Lord's gave me a verse. Oh. Will it make me as miserable as you? That's what I think. You know, because if it will, I don't want it. I want a word of encouragement. I want someone to, to speak life. I want someone to ha- hold and, and help me in the situation that I'm facing. Because that's where God wants to lead us through. Gifts combine to help us to serve. Don't know what number we're on now. Four, I think it is. Gifts can be neglected or developed. 1 Timothy says this, do not neglect your gift which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. See, I think that's amazing because what happens is God can release you in a gift but then you stop using it. So, you know, there was a time when actually you were using words of knowledge or even you were using the gift of tongues but you stopped using it. Um, It's become, you know, you know, not quite as exciting as it was or whatever, and you've just decided not to use it, you're thinking, oh, it's not as trendy as it once was. You know, I think Pentecostal churches, we need to revamp the gift of tongues a little bit. You know, we all get a bit afraid of, oh, let's not be too weird. Hey, friends, we've lost that battle. We're all weird, right? So let's just be weird together. That's what makes us the church. Let's, let's, let's be just who God's called us to be. Let's not be afraid. Sometimes, you know, we just have to stir up that gift. The Bible says stir up the gift that's in you. Sometimes you've got to stir the gift up. Now, I know that's a bit scary. I know, but you know, the trouble is if we don't stir up the gift, if we neglect the gift, then actually we end up feeling that we have no spiritual gifts for people. But we've never stirred them up. See, here's the thing. If you don't think you can prophesy, then, then go away this week and ask God to give you a Bible verse for somebody. 
That's all you have to do. And then when they give you the verse, you have to just send it to them. You can text them, you can ring them. Say, I was praying for you this week and God gave me this verse. I don't know if it helps. If it does, let's chat. If it doesn't, just pretend I never sent this. What's the harm? But if they come back and say, you know what, that really helped me. Instantly, you know, you're starting to hear God for people. I'm going to do a ma- <laughs> I'm going to Germany on a week on Thursday to do a, a class for Dom. He's called it a master class, which I'm really unhappy about. A master class in being led by the Spirit. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Why don't you call it an experiment with Dave? Let's do that. I'm, I'm a little bit more happy about the title. Saying, no, Dave, you can do this. And, but it's a challenge, isn't it? Because he said, I want you to teach on it, and then I want you to just show everybody how to do it. And I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> but friends, I know I can hear God. I know that I'm going to go and I'm going to prophesy over people. I'm going to pray for people who are going to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Is it because of who I am? No, it's because of who the Lord is. It's because of the gift that the Holy Spirit has put in me. See, and I want you to understand it. God wants you to use what he's done. And, and you've got to stir it up. I, I know that actually if I don't do this, I'll be neglecting the gift that God's put in me. And so I have to stir it up. So what do you have to do to stir up the gift within you? I, I know that's a bit of a, a difficult one because we just want the gift to just be manifest in our lives, don't we? We want everything to, to come. But actually we have to use what God's given us. So if God's given you the gift of an encourager, then start encouraging. If he's given you the gift of a prophet, then start to bring a prophetic word. Even if it's in the context of your small group or your family or your friends, start to bring it and say, hey, I think God might be saying something. Let's start to stir up that gift within us. Because otherwise, we're neglecting it. And what happens is we find ourselves, actually, we used to be much sharper in these things than we are today. Why? Because we've allowed the gift to become dormant in our lives. So God comes and says, stir it up. Stir it up within you. Because it's in you through the laying on of hands. Okay, we're nearly there. (laughs) Number, whatever number there is. I should really write numbers on my list, shouldn't I? That would really help. Um, Gifts are useless without the right attitude. Here we go. See, this is the amazing thing. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong and a clashing cymbal. In other words, if there's no love in the gift, it's you just being a performer. If it's not spoken in love, if it's not done in love, if it's not demonstrated in love, if it's not uh, communicated in love, if it's not got a heart of love for people behind it, then it's just you doing a performer. And nobody really needs that. I mean, you can do it, but it doesn't really mean anything. You know, nobody's that impressed by super spiritual people who, who don't really connect with you. You know, uh, there's been some terrible stuff on YouTube this week about American prosperity people trying to justify their lifestyle. And you, just, you can just see it coming out of them. And there's no love there for people. There's just this love for self. And it's, it's, it's part of the church. It's just cringeworthy. You just don't think, God... See, it doesn't matter how great you are, how big your ministry is. If you don't love people, it's not worth hearing. There's no love for the, for the lost. There's no love for the people around you. And people are hard to love sometimes. Anybody else know that? <laughs> people are not always easy to love, are they? Trust me, I've been a pastor a long time. But, you know, I love people. Because I just see what God can do in people's lives. It's amazing. And so we have to say, you know, I, I, I'm not so focused on the gift that I stop understanding the reason, which is to love people. Okay, we're nearly done. 
gifts build up the church. Since you're eager to, 1 Corinthians 14, 12, since you're eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. I think that's lovely. He says, listen, the reason for gifts within the context of being together is to build one another up. Try and have gifts that build up the church. You can build up the church in lots of different ways. You can build up the church through uh, hospitality. You can build up the church through encouragement. You can build up the church through uh, prayer and service. You can build up the church through uh, uh, mercy and care. You can build up the church through uh, just gift and being a gift to other people. You can build up the church through a prophetic word. You can build up the church through words of wisdom. You can build up the church through words of knowledge. It says, listen, try and build the church. See, see why a spiritual gift is important? Because here's the deal. We all love it when God speaks to us, don't we? You ever been in one of those meetings and uh, there's one of those evangelists there and he starts to move in words of knowledge? And there's a little bit of you that's desperate for him to have a word for you and there's a little bit of you that's dreading him having a word for you. Do you know what I mean? You ever been that? I've been like, well, I only want a word if it's a good word. I was just to think that God was going to expose my sin in front of everybody else in the building. Let's start with you, young man. Should we talk about lust? No. Should we talk about unforgiveness? No. See, but God's not like that. When God speaks to you, he speaks words of affirmation and life. See, that's what builds up the church. And the truth is, if we all want to be spoken to like that, then the next step to that is us speaking like that to other people. Is using that gift to build up other people around us. It's saying, well, you know what? Uh, when we come to church, I'm not just coming passively. I'm coming actively. Lord, I'm going to be open I'm going to look around. You know, you don't need the gift of discernment to see that some people are discouraged. You just need eyes. You just need ears. It's not a spiritual moment, is it? I don't walk through the door on a Sunday and the Lord goes, Andy, you need to give Andy a word of encouragement. I can see from interacting with Andy that perhaps he needs a word of encouragement. He doesn't need a word of encouragement today. He's dug his pond, he's brown, he's looking great. But, but you see, sometimes we're waiting for the big moment of revelation, whereas actually we can use the gift by just ourselves saying, actually, how do I bring some encouragement? We think, is that very spiritual? It's absolutely spiritual. That's what Jesus did all over the place. But we're so busy waiting for a touch from heaven, we forget to be a touch of heaven into someone's life. Whereas if we start to build up the church, instantly the gift becomes easier. Because how many of you know it's much easier to give Jim a word one-to-one and start to learn like that than it is to stand up in front and say, I think the Lord's saying this to everybody. See, if you don't learn this, it's very hard to do this. It's much easier to sing praises to God on your own than to sing on the platform. I've just remembered I'm on video. Hi. I walked out of the zone. They got very close to my belly just then, whoever they were. <laughs> See, you've got to understand that. You've got to say, yeah, I, I, I want to, if I can give, if I can practice that, if I can build up the church, then actually the gift begins to flow. Now, why is it important that the gift flows? Because the gift brings life. The gift brings the kingdom of God. The gift brings breakthrough in people's lives. The gift brings healing. 
See, some of us are waiting. I remember when Lewis, he's the founder of this church, he prayed in his, he was in his church one day and a big church in London, 5,000 people exploded. It was just growing chaos. And he decided he just wouldn't visit anybody else. It's terrible as a pastor. So what he said was, I, I've taken my phone number and I have uh, made it X directory. Nobody can ring me anymore in the middle of the night to ask me to go and pray for a member of the church. He said, well, instead, what I do is I authorize you to pray for them. He said, because there are so many thousands of us now, I can't do it. it was, he was telling the truth. Oh, and you can have two responses. Oh, lazy old pastor. Or you could say, wow, let's, let's do it. Two weeks later, <laughs> a lady came to his church and said, pastor, I hope you don't mind. He said, but I took you seriously, and some women in my family became sick, and I thought, you know, pastor authorized me to go and pray for people. And I went and prayed for them, and they were healed. What happened is the gifts of the Spirit started to flow. Why? Because it wasn't all about one person. It was about the gift. It's about people saying, actually, you know what? God's gifted me. He's created me to do good works. Therefore, I'm going to do things that build up the church. And then finally, he says, gifts are to be eagerly desired. Wow. It says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire these things. I wonder today, what are you eagerly desiring in God? See, sometimes we can be eagerly desiring things for ourselves. But what is the spiritual gift that you're eagerly desiring? What is, what is the, the thing in God that you say, Lord, I really want to use this. I really want to step into this. I really want to step in. It might just be into encouraging other people. It might be into serving. It might be into leading. It might be into speaking a word of prophecy into someone's life. But, you know, if there's no desire for that, then there'll be no manifestation of it. Now, this is a tricky thing because in, in church life, it's difficult, isn't it, to, to make room for it all, which tells me that the spiritual gifts aren't just to be used in church life, in services, but to be used in our lives as we serve God. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy, it says, so that we can speak God's word into one another's lives. And so as we come to the end of our service this morning, as we talk about it, it says don't be ignorant about spiritual gifts. They're to serve others using what God's given you. God gives them, you can't choose them, but you can develop them. They combine with our personality and the calling on our lives so that we can use different gifts for different things. So let's start to function in that. Let's start to look at that. They can be developed or neglected depending on how we respond to them, depending on what we do with them. They are useless without the right attitude. They are to be eagerly desired. I want us just to wait for a moment now. You know, next week we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit to come and fill us with power afresh. But just before we close our service in a moment, Ban, do you want to come back? I just want to pray over some people here today that your gift is a bit dormant in your life. It's become dormant in you. And even as we've talked about it, you just know that that's true. Maybe it was the gift of tongues and you just don't use it anymore. Maybe it was that prophetic insight. Maybe as you sense that real call from God to be an encourager, but you've become discouraged and maybe stopped doing it. Maybe you've uh, known that God's called you to be a witness to him, but actually it's, you haven't seen much fruit of it and, and, and you've laid it down. Just believe that this word is really to help you stir that up. Maybe you're just 
need to eagerly desire spiritual gifts again so that you can start to use that, that workmanship that God has put within you, that, that character, that personality, that gifting, so that you can start to see it flourish in life for him. And so before we close in just a moment, I, I just want to pray over people today. I'm not going to bring you out. There'll be a chance for you to have someone pray for you personally and lay hands on you at the end of the service. But if that's you today, you're just saying, Dave, I need to stir that up in me. I know I've let that go. I just want you to stand where you are. To stand and say, yeah, Lord, I'm ready to stir this up, this gift. There's no shame in it. We're just being honest before the Lord. It's what we do. We're just the people of God. We're following him. And so, Lord, I just pray over my friends, Lord. Lord, as, as Lord, that word has come, Lord, that reminder, Lord, to stir up the gift, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you've created us with so many different gifts and abilities. We thank you, Lord, Lord, that you've called us to serve you in a million different ways, Lord. You've given us passion, Lord. You've given us, Lord, abilities to do things. You've given us, Lord, uh, character, Lord, that helps us, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that your gifts come, Lord, to strengthen us in that. So I just pray over everybody's life today, Lord. Those who are just responding to your word, I pray, God, that you would, uh, Lord, just raise them up today. I pray that, Father, you would release fresh fire, Lord, upon their lives, upon the gifts that, Lord, you've given them. I pray, God, that they would just sense, Lord, that stirring up, Lord, of your spirit in their lives today. Lord, I pray that you give them opportunity, Lord, even this week, Lord, to start to use that gift again. Lord, to step into it, Lord, to start to stir it up, Lord, to begin to believe for something to come out of it, Lord, because your word is working in their lives. I thank you, God, for these great gifts of the spirit, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that they're a blessing to us. I pray you'd help us to use them, Lord, to be a blessing to everybody else, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.